The Water Coolest daily financial newsletter is now powered by Barstool Sports. It's the only newsletter that I read every morning to stay informed on what the hell is going on in the markets. You can check it out at barstool.link slash watercoolest. That's barstool.link slash watercoolest, W-A-T-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-S-T. I am your host, Alyssa Amoroso, and it's another Tuesday, another Tuesday for the tea, and I have a lot to get into. This episode's going to be a little bit different than the first three. It's a bit more of like a ramble. I just want to talk about my thoughts and feelings. We have an awesome interview with Nilsa from Floribama Shore later on in the episode. I'm going to update you guys on my personal life as I do. We'll do the Ask Alyssa segment where I am bringing on Kelly Keegs, who's one of my, I almost just said my (laughs) co-star. My, um, what's it called? Coworker. I'm yeah. going to have Kelly Keeks come on. If you guys hear someone on the second mic, that's Mackenzie, my producer. So I told her today, I'm like, you know what? Just like put the sound on that thing. And if you have any questions, you could interrupt. Um, so I'll have Kelly Keeks come on for the Ask Alyssa segment. And then, am I forgetting something? Oh, the Spill the Tea segment. We will get into that. I will spill the tea on various topics. And I have good ones this week. So before we get into that, let's jump into my personal life update. So not much has happened. Um, If you guys follow me on TikTok, you saw last week that I was posting that I was doing 12-3-30, which is this this thing that this girl, Lauren, on TikTok created, which is basically you go on the treadmill for 30 minutes on speed three, um, incline 12. And she said that she lost like 30 pounds doing this every day. And it just freaking blew up and everyone started doing it. And I like doing morning walks anyway. So I was like, let me try this. Um, I did do it a few days. It felt so great. I did it actually this morning. I think I'm going to try to do it like four days a week. Do I feel like I'm like losing like so much weight from it? Absolutely not. I mean, I think it's going to take more than three minutes, but I just think it's healthy to get like your body flowing and your heart beat up and I mean it can't hurt so I'm doing it more just like for health purposes versus like you know thinking that this is like the one cure for losing weight I don't really know if that's true but it's awesome that it worked for her so yeah again I'm just doing it more because I do like to do a morning walk I feel like you guys know my morning routine is something that I was venting about a few weeks ago feeling like since I started the new job I wasn't really in a routine at all and I think I've gotten better I'm starting to learn a little bit more how to be flexible with my mornings. I think because I was new, I wanted to like be in the office early and always, you know, show up first. And now I'm starting to feel more comfortable and I realize I could do things as I please and, you know, make a morning routine for myself. So walking has been really great on the days that it's nicer out. I'm definitely trying to get outside more and just like walk um, along the bike paths, the walking paths in the city. That's something that I enjoy and just kind of doing like a little bit more self-care. This morning I woke up, showered and did my hair. Normally I would do that at night. Um, Just little things, again, implementing them. But it is the beginning of March. So I feel like now is a really good time for us to establish new routines or just like new goals going into the month since it is the beginning. So maybe all of us collectively could vow to 
be better about our morning routines or just like self-care in general. So for me, I'm trying to think like what I'm going to do that's different. I think the the main thing is just mindset, just going into the day feeling, you know, happy to go into the day, feeling grateful, thinking about, you know, everything that you have versus everything you don't have, feeling confident. I think that mindset really um, changes things. And I've started doing this. I'm going to, I actually had this on my Spill the Tea segment, but I'll just say it here because it fits into what I'm talking about. So I started watching these videos on YouTube that are morning motivation videos. And I actually haven't watched it in a few days, so I probably should when I'm done here. You can watch it any time of day. Morning is best. Um, I'll post the link on my Instagram story when this episode comes out so you guys could swipe up to watch it. But basically, it's this video of this man for like 12, 13 minutes just talking about mindset and how you control your thoughts and how, you know, you have to put your best foot forward and you choose how you like look at the day and it's been like the best I've listened to the same video every day for like five consecutive days because it's a lot to digest like I think it's one thing to listen some to something and then it's another thing to actually absorb what you're listening to so I've just been listening to the same one on repeat because I happen to absolutely love it um so I will I will put that on my stories for you guys and then maybe what we could do together as as a tea tribe is try to watch morning motivation videos in March and then we can kind of just like see how we start our days and I honestly do think it really helps because the days that I didn't listen to it are the days I was a little bit like heavier and had more anxiety and the days that I listened I definitely found myself like checking myself throughout the day to be like okay like turn that negative thought into a positive thought or look at things with this mindset so that's something that I think we could totally do and then something that I just want to vent about is and Mackenzie you were just saying that you go on TikTok a lot so you probably understand this yes I love TikTok it's the people that get so freaking pressed over everything so I was um oh what's so I've been doing this new series on TikTok called shit influencers are obsessed with and it's funny it's just like videos it's just items that influencers love and you know I'm in the influencer space so I see so many people posting the same shit there's actually this funny Instagram account called shit bloggers post and they like will post influencers in the exact same outfit posting the exact same everything and it just goes to show how everyone's like copying each other so I started kind of doing it with different home decor items um shit influencers are obsessed with and I posted this couch um and I was basically like guys this couch is everywhere the restoration hardware cloud couch is out and this couch is in and it was like satire it's funny Everyone's writing in the comments like, that is a classic from the 70s that is created by Mario so-and-so. Like, how dare you insult this couch? I'm like, how dare you? Yeah, like, Like, relax. It's a a couch. It's a couch. I was like, you got, first of all, I said I like it. Second of all, I, I said influencers are obsessed with it. Wouldn't that be a positive thing that everyone's obsessed with this classic couch? I wasn't like, this couch has the worst design. It is so <laughs> disgusting. 
people are so pressed. Like these designers in my comments are like, how dare you say that influencers like this couch? I'm like, is it like other influencers too that are mad or just like... It's mostly like design experts. Oh, okay. People are like, I went to school for this and this is taking away from my craft. I'm like, what? Oh my God. <laughs> People need to relax. They need to relax. And this is with anything. Like this is with anything on TikTok. I could be like, the sky is blue. And everyone in the comments is like, no, what do you mean? It shades of purple. <laughs> It's like people are just getting so pressed over everything. And I'm just like so over like the sensitivity. I'm honestly, look, I'm sensitive, but they're a time and a place. Like there's things to be sensitive about and then there's things to not be. Like it's just for fun. It's yeah. a, it's, a, it's a literal TikTok. Exactly. It's a TikTok. Yeah. Relax. I'm not, I'm not hurting anyone. Mm-hmm. And talking about being sensitive, there's another thing I want to vent about. So I have this thing I hate when people are negative about something before it's even happened. So, for example, Sex in the City is doing a reboot. And the amount of people that I've listened to on podcasts, on social media, talk about how much they hate the reboot before the reboots even come out is <laughs> <laughs> so crazy because I'm like, guys, give it a chance. We don't even we don't even know what the reboot's going to be like. What if it's absolutely incredible? Right. I get that reboots normally aren't the best thing ever. Like Like the original is always the best. Yeah, the original is always the best. But the fact that people are like, I hate the reboot without Samantha. I'm like, it hasn't come out yet. (laughs) That's what I don't get. So I actually like it's funny because when I was in high school, First of all, just so you guys know, I am going to write a book one day. Like, I definitely want to write a book. I've started a book, never finished it, but it's definitely something on my list. And I think I must have always been kind of creative and a strong writer before I even noticed that I was. Because in high school, you know how, like, in high school, everyone shared a desktop computer with their whole family? Like, you didn't have your own. You oh, all, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, like, a family shared computer. Yeah, yeah. the computer room. Yes, yes. <laughs> Mine was, like, doubled as a toy room, too. Yeah, yeah. It was always, like, the computer room, you would call it. Yep. And um, we had a family desktop. And I was, I was a freshman hooking up with this guy that was a junior. And when I say hooking up, like, we weren't sleeping together. It wasn't like that. But at the time, you know, it was, like dangerous and um I remember I had a diary guys I've never told this story because I'm actually a secondhand embarrassment and I wrote in my digital diary aka Microsoft Word (laughs) and I wanted to write as if I was Carrie Bradshaw so I would write like I would detail. (laughs) Wait you're a you're a freshman in high school? Freshman. I would detail are like hookups but like as if I was Carrie so I would write them like you know and then he begged me for more like <laughs> like as if I was writing a porno <laughs> I'm so embarrassed to even say this and then also this is one of those things that's never been spoken about again with my parents my dad found it no oh my god because it was on the family computer Oh, yeah. You were typing it. I was typing it. Oh. He found my, like, journal entries detailing my graphic. 
hook up with this boy. I literally, (laughs) to this day, we don't speak of it. He, I'm just pretending it never happened. Yeah, you you have to do that. Yeah. Especially with dads. Like, especially with dads. Like, I'm just, you know, it didn't happen, dad. Oh, and then within that same diary, which like, dad, stay out of my shit. Right. He read that I snuck out the basement window. Because we, you know, when I don't know if a lot of people have basements, I feel like basements are like a New Jersey thing. Like not a lot of places around the country have them like flooding zones. Yeah, I don't that's know. That's true. I had a basement. I'm from New York, but yeah. Yeah. No. Like I feel like it's like an East. I don't know. So we had a basement, but the basement was like majority underground, obviously, because it's a basement. So the windows in the basement were just like the top two feet of the ceiling, like of the wall. So they mm-hmm. were like really, really high up windows that were probably like two probably like a foot and a half by two and a half feet they were like a little rectangle and me and my friends realized that my alarm system wasn't hooked up to the basement windows so genius yeah so we were like oh my god let's sneak out and it's not even that we and I just want to also preface this like us sneaking out was us just getting out of the house that was half of the fun and then just like like seeing boys like they would pull up in their cars outside and we would like wave high and then like climb back in through the window we weren't like sneaking out to actually even do anything that was mischievous like it was so even then my like me being bad was still like pretty good so my dad read me detailing sneaking out the basement window um so I'm like you know I'm like and then we pulled the stool up to the basement window where I launched through the two foot window (laughs) with my with my shoe in my friend's hand as she catapulted me through the glass like you know because I'm writing like Harry Mm -hmm. and so then my dad found out not only that his freshman daughter has a sex life but she sneaks out the basement window so that was fun (laughs) um so yeah I wanted to share that with you guys And then one last thing that I want to share. Also, guys, like I said, random episode, but these are all the things that have just come to my mind this week that I feel as though you need to know. So there's this theory that my friends and I in college created, and we always, like, we always had theories. We actually had a wall in college where we would hang up our written theories. Like, there was this kid... (laughs) There was this kid who wasn't Canadian, but only hung out with the Canadians. And he kind of spoke Canadian. Like, he would be like, oh, how you like that, eh? And we're like, you're not Canadian. Like, you're from Massachusetts. He's probably listening. Hi, Alex. So we called it the Alex Denae theory because... (laughs) Sorry that I'm just name dropping you. But because, like, you know, it's the theory where you seem like you're Canadian, but you're not Canadian. So that we would always have theories. So one of our biggest theories is the hate a beloved theory. And the hate a beloved theory is when you hate something so much that you actually start to really love it. And I feel like this applies to a lot of things in life. So I want to give you a, like a few examples. Um, Crocs. So ugly, but so comfortable. And, like, they start kind of looking cute when you give them a chance. And then all of a sudden, you hate them, but you love them. Um, Salt and vinegar chips. 
You know, you take one, your face like sours or whatever, like you kind of have a weird reaction to them. And then you're halfway through the bag and you think they're crack and they're the best things that you've ever had. Um, Small sunglasses, you know, you hate them. You look like a dad from the 90s, but you also kind of look chic. So you kind of love them. So I'll think of some more things as I go through through um, just like these episodes in the coming weeks. But I did want to introduce you guys to the hate it but love it theory because I feel like it applies to so many things in life. Um, I feel that way about a lot of like reality TV characters. Yes. Most like Scott Disick. He's so. Or shows in yeah, general. Just yeah the whole show. That's yeah, a like great you example. You hate them and they're the villain but at the same time it's it makes such good TV that you, Wait. you're just drawn to it. Okay I'm happy you brought that up because it's a lot with shows too for yes. me. It's like those cheesy shows that you're oh. oh wait what was I watching the other day that I had the hate it but love it theory too. I was watching a show um, kind of like Emily in Paris or like what was I watching that was so bad that was so good. <laughs> I forgot like one of those new Netflix shows and I was like I almost can't get through it, but I love it so much. Oh, was it the Gillian? Is that what it's called? That new one? No, but everyone's watching that. I know. I haven't watched it yet. I hear it's um, super cringe. Like the first, actually Fran was saying on Chicks in the Office that there's like a sex scene at the end of the first episode that like made her feel uncomfortable. Oh no. Like it's like awkward teenage sex. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So the hate of a love theory, that's a great example. Scott Disick. Just like people... Yeah, reality stars, reality shows. Mm-hmm. So I did want to introduce that to you guys because, again, what is better than the hate it, but love it theory? So I'm going to get into my interview right now with Nilsa. Then I will do the Ask Alyssa segment with Kelly Keegs from my office. And then I will get to the Spill the Tea segment where I will spill the tea on things that I am obsessed with this week. So stick around until the end. Hi, Nilsa. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to talk to you because I am a big um, fan of Fleur Bamashore. I think it's so good and so entertaining. Well, you're in for a treat this season if you think it's entertaining because <laughs> it is nothing but chaos and entertainment this time. Well, around. I can't even imagine. I was just actually talking to someone from my team before you joined I used to intern for Polly D's publicist so I'm like big in the Jersey Shore yeah you know I'm from New Jersey like that is like what I grew up with like all the Guidos in Jersey so then when Florida Bama Shore came out I was like another like offshoot of that franchise sign me up so I love it yeah we're definitely I mean we can never compete with the OGs but I think we're like a whole different type of show. I mean, I know we share this same last name as the shore and like, I think we're such a good TV. Like MTV has got some good shows. Oh, MTV has the best shows. I always stand by it because they're just the most raw and real. Like I feel like some of these other reality shows on other networks, the cast members kind of act like they're producers and they try to produce their own storylines. You guys are just yourselves. Yes, and it's and we so good. Pride ourselves on not being actors. Like whenever yeah. we have to do like promos or whatever, like tune in this day and this day. <laughs> we're like, we mess it up every time because we just don't know how to do that. All we know is how to be ourselves. And I think that's why it's so engaging. And now you're entering this new season. You guys in a pandemic are filming in Montana yeah. and you're pregnant. So 
I can't even first of all I want to hear just like what it's like to be pregnant because I feel like you're one of those people who's like probably keeping it super real with like everything pregnancy and then I want to know what it's like in the house but first of all like what the hell is it like being pregnant how's your experience been so my experience for the most part has been okay um I definitely am not one that loves pregnancy I'm just gonna be honest with you I love love like knowing that you know me and my baby have this special bond already and feeling his little kicks and everything that like you know you look forward to but the hormonal acne the anxiety the depression everything that comes with it um, people not checking on you as much, pe- you're not getting invited to as many places, you feeling like you're not a son anymore, your whole life's completely changing, your body's changing, you're getting stretch marks. It's all these things that come with the greatest gift that, you know, a mother can have, but you have to go through all the bad to get to the good. But um, I will say filming while filming while pregnant was definitely a challenge for me because, I mean, let's face it, I'm a huge partier. I'm a party girl. Yeah. I love being loud, crazy, and wild, and jumping in the pool naked and all kinds of stuff like that. And I don't think that's uh, <laughs> anything anyone anyone wants to see right now. But it was definitely a challenge. But I do think going into the house pregnant this time around, it prepared me for motherhood because I feel like I was like the mother of the group. Mm-hmm. And that is crazy for me to say because last year I was sitting in jail while filming and then this time around I'm pregnant. So it's completely different. That's yeah, but I feel like you always gave off those vibes like you weren't settling down because it wasn't happening for you, not because you didn't want it. Like I felt like from season 1, like you always seemed like you wanted a partner, you wanted a family. So even though it's kind of like yeah far-fetched you were getting arrested last season I'm kind of like no I see it for her like it makes sense I get that a lot a lot of people say I'm very motherly and I mean I I get that a lot it makes me feel good because it's like dang I'm not really a shit bag you know (laughs) hey listen we all have our own sides like I feel like my parents once I was out of the house and out of college they were back to partying like they were 20 year olds going out with their friends and I feel like there's different stages of life and you could still be a fun parent you don't need to just like all of a sudden be this like person that just stays home and doesn't socialize just because you have a kid exactly you are preaching to the choir I literally rant and rave about this on my TikTok like every other day it's like (laughs) so many people have said to me oh that's the end of Florida Bama Shore now that Mills is pregnant oh that's the end of your career oh um you're giving up your whole life all this stuff and I'm like you guys have got it all wrong for me, it makes me want to work harder, do more, be a better, be better at everything that I do because I have a baby. My life is not going to stop just because I'm having a baby. I feel like it's going to be a completely new journey, but it's, I'm not going to stop doing the show. I love my roommates. I want to continue, you know, having our family and mm-hmm. that doesn't have to stop for me just because I have a baby. And I feel like Every mother out there shouldn't feel like their life is going to be put on hold or it has to stop just because they do take the journey of motherhood. Yeah, just because that's the way things have maybe been in the past. It's like these new generations, we're all just paving our own way and it looks different for everyone. And I think that's such a good example for you to set. Like like you said, at least for me, if I was in your shoes, I'd be like, I want to make more money now. I want to, because you're more like insensitized to like, do more for your baby for your family for yourself so I'm totally with you it doesn't have to stop there exactly and it's such a double standard because like moms if they want to go and take a weekend to themselves they're all all automatically the worst mother ever but when it comes to dads if they want to go and take a golf trip 
oh, you deserve it. You need it, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, so true. I feel like moms need to be more encouraged to do those things because I think that's a lot of the times why moms feel like they lose who they are as a person because they don't get to go and do those things that they used to enjoy because they feel like, oh, everything's on me, everything's on me, when honestly, it should be the opposite. You should, you've earned it. Like you've yeah. created a whole life. You know, you earned it. You earned those times. No, absolutely. And I think um, what's interesting, especially about you, is I feel like you've had so much loss in the recent years and then so much happiness too. Being in a great relationship, being engaged, being pregnant, but then you've also had that loss. Like what if these and being on TV, like there's just, I feel like your life must feel like such a whirlwind. What has it been like balancing those lowest lows and those highest highs? It's really hard, honestly, because I know, okay, so filming this last season, um, it was the hardest one for me, not only because I was pregnant, but I was also grieving the loss of my father. My dad passed away two months before we started filming. And so I was like upset every day. And then I was, of course, in my first trimester. So I was nervous, like, oh my gosh, am I going to have another miscarriage? Because I'm like upset and distraught every single day I wake up. I'm not with my family. I'm not with my mom. I'm not able to be with my mom because I'm here. I mean, ultimately it is my job as well. So, and my mom you yeah. always reminded me, like my dad wouldn't want me to stop or put my life on hold because, you know, that's not anything he wanted for us. He wanted us to keep going. And so it's super hard to balance everything. And a lot of times you you feel like you're at your breaking point, but then you just have to remember like all the other hard shit that you've went through. It's like, well, now I have a purpose. One, I want to make my dad proud. And two, I'm carrying a baby and I want my baby to be proud of me whenever he grows up and sees all that mom sacrificed for him. Yeah. And so it is really hard to balance. And some days I feel like I'm at my wits end, but all the other hard stuff that I've got gone through, it's like I can get through anything. And I mean, with the love and support of my fiance and my family and my roommates, it's doable. Yeah. One of the things I talk about a lot on this podcast is mental health and stress and anxiety. And it's interesting because as I have these conversations with people, I'm just like learning, we all go through some kind of like turmoil or anxiety and it's like no one's safe like you could have the best job the worst job you could be pregnant not pregnant whatever it is like we're all struggling with things especially during a pandemic it's it's like these layers on top of layers of stress and anxiety and you're pregnant you're experiencing loss it's a global pandemic there's all of these things going on so like hats off to you because I that's a lot to handle it, it really it is it really is. And I think for me, it was kind of like letting go of like, it, it was kind of like, Nilsa, everyone knows you're strong. You're allowed to have those mental health days where you just sit on the couch and don't do a damn thing. And if you need a little bit more help and you need to go see a therapist or talk to somebody or ask your doctor for, you know, extra help, don't feel ashamed. That was something that I had, I was struggling with um, being pregnant. It's like, I, I feel like I need to be superwoman all the time, but I can't. Like, I have all this stuff going on, and yeah. eventually I'm going to explode if I don't get extra help or if I don't talk it out or if I, if I, if I keep bottling it up, it's not going to be good for anybody, especially my baby. One of the things my doctors told me was if 
mama's not okay, he's not okay. So you always have to make sure you're okay. And that is one thing my dad always was, you have to take care of number one first before you can do anything else. Yeah, that's really, really good advice. And you are in a relationship. Will we see your fiance on the show? Or are we not allowed to say? So I, I'm pretty sure you will. I don't know how the season's like edited or what they yeah. put it, what they don't. Um, we did shoot a little bit in my new home. We did buy a house together last year. Wow. So congrats. Um, hopefully, thank you. Hopefully they uh, put a little bit of that in there. But if there's any future seasons, I mean, he has no choice. I'm carrying his baby now. You know, and we're engaged. Like, he's got to come and see me. Okay, a few things. One, Floribama is the best at not giving anything away in the trailers. Like, all last season, I knew just through the grapevine that Maddie was going to be on the show, and they never showed her in all of the previews. And now this season, like, again, they didn't give us any hints. Like, they're really good at keeping it under wraps, which as a as a viewer keeps you so interested because you're like, how is this going to unfold? But secretly, as me, the person that loves to, like, read the Bachelor spoilers and, like, be in the know – I'm like, I need to know what's going to happen. I know. It gets to a point where us, we second guess ourselves, like, did we do that or did we just dream that? Are they going to yeah. hear that or what? And so, like, a lot of the times we never know what is going to happen because, you know, like, one day we did this, but it could only be put in episode the end of the day. You know what I mean? So even mm-hmm. us, we're like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? That's, yeah, it's really interesting how that ends up kind of like working itself out. Um, I do want to get into a little bit about the dynamic within the house. Now that you're pregnant in the house, do you still feel like you have like this strong like friendships with the women? Did the men step up to the plate to support you? Like what was the dynamic like? So I feel like one of the reasons why me and my girls castmate, girl castmates get along so well is because we are so like women empowerment and like, yeah you go girl. And so I feel like now more than ever, I have my girl roommates to lean on and we've gotten even closer. You know, I know last season it was kind of like Candace felt like she was left out, but I feel like this season we, uh, us three are like the three trio. We've gotten this such a strong bond and I appreciate them so much. Actually, Candace was one of the first people to buy things off my registry and she bought the pack and play. She bought the bottles. She bought some diapers. She (laughs) bought like all this stuff. And she's like, I still want to buy. What else do you need? What else can I get for you? I'm like, Candace, like you've done so already. Like she took care of me all through filming. And of course, you know, Amy being my best friend, she's always been there for me. And then I feel like surprisingly, Jeremiah (laughs) really stepped up. And you guys will get to see I can see that. Yeah. Well, for me, it was like we went into the season not speaking. And you'll see how all this unfolds. And then throughout filming, he just really stepped up and was like, you know, like one. Okay. So one day I was making breakfast and I like left the stuff, you know, to clean up after I ate. Because when you're pregnant, you got to eat. Yeah. He like went and cleaned the dishes for me. And like, what? That is like such a shock to me. And there's just like these little things that he did to really make me feel like he was in my corner and had my back. Wow. I actually was reading some interviews and he had really nice things to say about you. Um, And I, yeah, I actually feel like that's like Jeremiah's like place to shine. Like that dad role. You know what I mean? He's got the dance moves. He's got the jokes. Now he's got like the whole role. Like he's got it. 
that's why it doesn't surprise me because I'm like, I see him in that spot. Like, I could see him doing that. Um, that's amazing. Is there anything unexpected about pregnancy that, like, as women, we should know? Like, what to expect? Like, stretch marks? Anything that you're just, like, a weird change that your body goes through that no one tells you about? Definitely the stretch marks. I mean, obviously, that's a given. Um, the stretch marks and then how you're just, like, in your head about everything. Like, just the extra anxiety it adds on like you can be riding down the road and like oh my god oh my god what if I get into a wreck and normally you're just like I'm driving down the road listening to my music eating my chips you know but now it's like you've got to be extra careful with everything Mm. and then really like just like the mental health that comes with it you know I mean a lot of people I mean I hate to say it but it's like the pregnant girl kind of always does get left out because you know she can't party she can't be involved as much or whatever that's at least what people think And so you get left out of a lot of things and then people, you know, start off like, oh my gosh, congratulations, congratulations. But then when the baby showers or big moments come, it's like they have excuses. So that's one thing that I don't think I was prepared for, at least, you know, the loss, the disconnect with a lot of my friends. I mean, Mm, that's that's okay. That's okay. The wedding, the wedding guest list just won't be as long as I thought. That's okay. I can save money on food. Yeah, I was just going to say you really learn who your true friends are when you're going through something. And it's like, it's great that your roommates were able to step up to the plate, even though they're like kind of like newer friends in the sense that you haven't known them in years. When you live with people, it's a different level of friendship. Like I always say, like my college friends are like my sisters because we live together. So it's kind of like you learn as you go through these different stages and I don't know. I just think there's no excuses because the same's happened to me, but I think the pandemic especially, like people are either more connected with friends or just completely disconnected. And that is so true. But luckily, I mean, for the most part, um, most most all my roommates um, have really checked on me even outside of filming, you know, with the pregnancy. And so I really appreciate that. It just really shows that like we're more than just like roommates um they really do mm-hmm. care we really do care about each other yeah that's great and when are you due is it public knowledge may 25th so okay three months from the premiere date wow okay so it's not not too much longer no not too much longer and you guys bought a house are you in like full nesting mode oh my gosh are we we just had <laughs> the nursery painted the crib set up I actually just did my first laundry uh, of baby clothes, my first load of baby clothes last night. So it's it's like, it's so cute to look at all his little clothes and it's like becoming more real. The more stuff we get in the mail and the more stuff we set up. I mean, it's crazy. You have to do everything different. Like you can't just like, you know, like normally I would just go pull the tags off a shirt and put it on. You can't do that with a baby. You got to wash all their clothes and their bibs and their towels and everything before they can, you know, use them. Well, I think it's going to be really interesting for fans of the show and fans of you to see you grow up in this way because you're in these like years of your life where it's being documented through ups and down with boys, going through different relationships, getting drunk, having a baby, getting arrested, all of these different things. So I think it's going to be really nice for people to see this side of you that's like super nurturing and you seem like so mature. You seem like you're in a really good place. So I think that's going to be really awesome for people to see. I appreciate that. I am um, definitely had a lot of growing up to do over the past <laughs> four years of being on the show. 
but I feel like I'm in a really good place and I'm happy and I'm ready to start this family. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nielsa. I really appreciate it. Do we, are you able to tell me when the show's coming out or um, like what date we should be tuning in or anything? Yes. So the premiere day is Thursday, February 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And it's going to be on every Thursday. Um, and then like for the following Thursdays, it'll be on at 8 p.m. So we are every Thursday. Y'all got to tune in. That's when we're on. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Nielsa. Thank you. Um, okay, guys, time for Ask Alyssa. I am here with Kelly Keeks. Hi, Kelly. Hello, Alyssa. What's going on, girlfriend? So Kelly and I go way back, which is actually really funny because when I started my podcast, mm-hmm. a mutual friend put me in touch with Kelly because Kelly went viral on Twitter, whatever. Mm-hmm. I won't get into the story because I want to maybe interview you one day. So we won't. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that another yeah. time. I'm, so- always, I'm always down to talk about myself. So anytime <laughs> you want. Same. <laughs> so Kelly's also 30. And um, these questions were really fitting for people like us, single 30s. Mm-hmm. So I figured I'd have her help me dish out some advice today. So thank you guys for writing in. I will read the first one. It's pretty long, but I honestly love the amount of detail that went into this question because sometimes it's hard to give advice Mm -hmm. when so many details are missing. I love an overly detailed explanation. Absolutely. So every email that I've ever written is like 10 pages long. (laughs) Like like it's just, I love the more detail, the better. It's perfect. Yeah. Okay. First of all, your podcast is what has been missing in my life. I am obsessed. Now I have a situation and would appreciate advice from another 30 something single beauty. How about two? Um, (laughs) Your wishes are command, (laughs) girlfriend. (laughs) Let me spill it. I started seeing this guy a month ago. He's 25. I'm 31. We both have careers and are considered essential workers. We live about a half hour from each other. We met up for a hike on our first date, then pond hockey for our second date, which happened to be on Valentine's Day. We had so much fun playing hockey, I invited him back to my house for drinks. For context, I live alone in a townhouse. We ended up getting blackout drunk together, and he passed out on my couch. We laughed about it in the morning, and he asked if he could take me to dinner that week. We went to dinner that week and ended up staying overnight at my place. We didn't have sex, and I found him to be really respectful. I know, right? Despite him being a bit younger than I am, he seemed great and had zero red flags up to this point. I had a doctor's appointment. I know. (laughs) I had a doctor's appointment in his city, so he invited me over after, said he'd order us lunch, and we could watch a movie. I knew he had two roommates, but was not expecting what I came into. He lives on the top floor of a triplex. Also, like, interesting word, triplex. Yeah, I've never (laughs) heard that. I think she's from the UK, and I'll tell you why when I keep reading. Yeah. Yeah. When I walked in, I thought for sure I was in a frat house from an American TV show. Yep. It was dirty, he has a twin bed, and I felt like I needed a shower after using his bathroom. I promise you it was worse than whatever you're picturing. His one roommate is his friend, and his and he sublets the other room to a guy who smokes too much weed and probably other stuff, in quotes. I'm trying to see the situation from an outside perspective to see if I'm being unreasonable, but I honestly do not want to go back there like ever again. 
I like having him over to my place, and he has complimented me on my house many times. I'm pretty meticulous with keeping it clean, so it makes me wonder how he can even fathom having me back over to his apartment. Am I being ridiculous to feel like I can't get past this? I appreciate any advice as this situation kind of sucks. I really enjoy him. He's very sweet and thoughtful. You know we don't meet nice guys too often, but I don't feel like I get, can get past the frat house situation. Please help. I have I have an, a perfect answer for this. Okay, let's hear. So, I I've only once have I dated someone younger than me, and he he did happen to be twenty five, and I was like twenty eight and a half or nine at the time, and it was kind of like that. Like this, the guy I dated in particular was actually pretty put together, but. Any 25-year-old guy that you meet at this point in your life is going to have a house like that. It's going to have a situation like that. It's going to kind of have that, like, trash life. And it's not because he's gross or whatever. It's because he's never had someone to, like, show him how to, how to be an adult yet. Like, he's been living like a frat boy still. Like, he hasn't had an adult situation. Like, the minute that you are involved with someone who is, like, put together adult or whatever, you kind of start mirroring that. Like, you – I know that I honestly felt the same way, too, when I – dated someone a little bit older than me I was living in like a place with two roommates I didn't really care about my stuff but my boyfriend at the time his apartment was like immaculate and it made me be like oh you know what I want to kind of get my shit together interesting so I feel like she can if if this boy is as nice as he seems and he treats her well don't write him off just because his living situation kind of sucks just know that like he's a blank canvas you can you can mold however you like as far as it comes to like how he keeps his house you know I think that's a great point and I also think it's worth saying you could don't go to his place like if you yeah just don't go there yeah yeah it's fine. If you're you're if you live by yourself you're old or you're like you like it better at your house have them come over to your house especially because he has a twin easier. bed that's the perfect excuse mm-hmm. to yeah. be like to be honest like it's really not comfortable for me sleeping there and I'm not sleeping well to get up with work it's just you know you do have roommates and I understand, you know, yeah. maybe you can't afford to live on your own. You can't say that. But, like, that's what you're thinking in your head because yeah, he is younger. Because it's probably true. And yeah. I also, also with guys, I feel like younger guys aren't so, like, bashful to admit that. Like, they're like, yeah, I live with roommates because I'm broke. Like, I'm not, exactly. you know, they're not, like, you know, worried about their pride so much in that situation. Yeah, I feel like you're just honest and be like, I'm not sleeping well here. It's, like, you know, a little hectic. I love when we're just alone at my place, just us two. I do not think this is a deal breaker. Definitely like, not. at all. I think... If he's a good guy, if he treats you well, the fact that he even knew you were in the city and he was like, I'm going to order lunch and come over, he seems really like emotionally mature. Yes, which is really all you need. Mm -hmm. As long as they are emotionally mature, the other stuff kind of falls into place. It it really does, especially because like, I just, I get the impression this guy just hasn't grown all the way up yet, which he, how could he have grown all the way up? He's still basically a child. So it's like, you know, that kind of thing. And people forget, think about yourself when you were 25. Think about like, I was a fucking mess. Like I said, like it was a nightmare. And a lot of people are, and they just kind of grow out of it. And it doesn't take long for someone to become like a better keeper of their house or, you know, once he gets his own place, blah, blah, blah. I think that it's, yeah. and I, I think, think that this is definitely doable. It comes with age and experience and time. So if you're dating someone younger, unfortunately, that is the pill you have to swallow mm-hmm. in knowing that you're on different, like you're in different stages of your life. So I Absolutely. think you have to kind of give some grace and look past it. Okay. 
totally agree. Next one's a little heavier, but I like it. Oh, okay. Um, when I was in grade 12, three years ago, one of my best friends got admitted to the hospital with anorexia. My other friends and I knew that there was something going on, but we had no clue where to start. Her mother was trying to pretend like everything was fine, but after a while, she took her to the hospital, and she was admitted that evening. She was so far gone that her organs were beginning to shut down. My friends and I were back and forth to the school guidance counselor, but she was no help at all. We would ask her what we should say to our friend, and the guidance counselor just kept saying, well, what do you think you should say? Which was no help at all. Yeah, that's like the worst advice. (laughs) My friend is now doing well, and she recognizes when she is neglecting food again. She accepts help much more easily now, but I'm still not sure how to go about asking her how she is. Is it just a simple, hey, how are you doing? Or are you eating healthy? If you don't take this question, I totally understand it's pretty tricky to take on. If you do, I'd like to thank you in advance. Even though the situation is in the past for me, it will still help me to know for the future. And I no doubt think it will help other listeners. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I wanted to take this on because, first of all, I'm not a therapist. But all I could tell you is what I would do in this situation. Same, yeah. And I think what I would do is continue to check in with your friends. I think it's important. And if it's a good friend of yours... Asking about their well-being isn't negative. No. I, I agree with that completely. I think that – I think asking about it – definitely don't ask constantly because yes. sometimes when people are going through a situation like that, you know, that they sometimes feel like they can't control on their own, to be reminded of it constantly gets mm-hmm. a little annoying. I would just – general check-ins. Like, hey, how are you? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Like, just randomly, just make sure you're you're there for them and you and they know that you are there for them as well. Like I think yeah. that that's the best way to do it because ultimately it's up to your friend to like, you know, love herself and make herself feel better and and get better physically, but knowing that you have friends around you to support you is the most important part of it. So I don't think anybody would be upset by that as long as you aren't constantly like like hey, did you eat today? Did you eat today? Yes. That would be no or way. nitpicking do that. nitpicking what they are eating yes. because that's something that you're you'll never understand their psyche or mm-hmm. what they're going through. So I don't think it should be like, oh, I noticed you throughout half of your meal. Like yeah. no, never comment on how mm-hmm. much someone's eating. Like no. just don't do it. It's just, it's very frustrating and it's like it's a. I I would never do that to somebody. I would never be like, hey, like I noticed you didn't eat anything. If I, unless like. It was so out of the ordinary. Like, say it's my friend who just eats all the time, constantly, never mm-hmm. has a problem. And then one day she suddenly seems to be, like, feeling sad and didn't eat her whole lunch. I'd be like, hey, are you feeling okay? Like, not, like, yeah. you didn't eat. Like, let me, let's talk about it. Like, yeah. that's just a little, it, it's uh, a fine line between it being, like, accusatory and helpful. And I think that that's, that's kind of where. Yeah. And I think I this advice could go into any situation. For example, one of my friends um, lives alone and she's single and it's obviously a pandemic and I know she's been going to therapy. And I said with her, I said to her the other day, just on the phone, I was like, I just want to make sure like, and you let me know and I'm not implying anything. I don't think you seem this way, but if you're feeling a little blue or if you're feeling a little depressed, like, you know, you could always come to me. I know things have been hard. I'm also single. I know it's a pandemic and I just want to make sure you're fine. And I like, honestly, that's not an easy thing to say to someone, but I was, I was just thinking like, I wonder if you're okay, you know? Yeah. And she was like, I actually am fine, but like, thank you so much for asking. Like she felt cared for. 
It's a really nice thing, and that's that's something that my friends. I also live by myself, and I have another another friend of uh, of mine who lived by himself. And when this was all going on, and we both are kind of like moody people, like we're a little <laughs> you know a little sad all the time. And um and our friends would do the same thing. Like we were the only ones who lived on our own, mm. but they would check in periodically, be like, "Hey, making sure you're like you're fine. You know, you're like yeah. alone. Did you leave the house in, the, in this week? Like, yeah. what's, what's going on?" More so, like turned it into a joke a little bit because we were all kind of struggling at the same time. But it's nice to get that that check in, just to know that someone's thinking of you, especially when you are alone. It feels it feels really lonely. People don't yeah. reach out to you, you know. So I think that could go for any situation in life, whether someone's alone in the pandemic, whether someone just lost a parent, and you just want to check in with them to say, "Hey, I know you just lost, you know, your mom, your dad. How are you doing with that?" Like I think mm-hmm. that advice could just go for anything. Agreed. Awesome. Okay, last question. Um, This is not so much a question, but wondering if you can cover the topic of cheating. My boyfriend cheated on me one and a half years ago, and we are still together. Um, And we are, okay, I wanted to make sure they're still together. They were. They are still together. Okay. This was a one-time thing, in quotes, so I'm sure that's what he said, as it was a one-night stand. We have been going to couples therapy and reading a lot of books and how to regain trust and so forth. It hasn't been an easy road, but we are making the best of the worst decision. I know many people choose to leave, and trust me, that was my initial reaction as well, but we chose us instead and are continuing to work through it. Wondering if you could cover infidelity and specifically how to work through it because it happens more than we know. Have you been cheated on? Yes, but as like a... I was young enough where it, it didn't matter. Like it wasn't yeah, work. It wasn't damaging. worth. No, it wasn't. Well, it, you know, it was damaging <laughs> at the time, but it wasn't uh-huh. worth like this situation I feel is um, I admire people who can choose like the love and choose a relationship over an infidelity just because that means you're a mature person. Like because a lot of the time and you have to think about it from your own perspective. Like I have definitely had sex with people that I didn't care about emotionally. Like I, I, I was having a good night. Like we had a connection. We hooked up that night, but that was the end of it. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not pining away from you. I'm not writing your name in my notebook. Like that's nothing like that. But sometimes those things happen. And when you're in a relationship, it hurts so much because it almost feels like a personal attack on you. It's like I, like I am right here. You could have had sex with me. You had sex with somebody else. That's pretty fucked up. And I think that's where the like the obviously the loss of trust and then insecurities come through and then it's you know it's so awful but when you're able to say you're the guy and you're cheating and if you truly mean it when you say like we hooked up I really fucked up it meant nothing I don't know why I did that like I don't know why but now I want to earn your trust back and now I want to do my best to make this relationship work and if the the person who was cheated on is receptive to that I think that's awesome I think it's because I do feel that you shouldn't throw away an entire relationship, all this love, all this trust that you have built over this time just because of one thing or one mistake. Mm. I think there are just levels to the mistake, you know, yeah. and then also levels to your maturity and how you deal with it afterwards. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm jealous of it. I'm not I'm not very I'm a pretty jealous person. So I'm not like I don't know if I could do this myself. It would t- be really hard. I don't know if I could either. Um, because I've never been cheated on in like an adult relationship or even in an, an overt way. Yeah. More like I was like kind of dating someone loosely t- title wasn't on and they were like yeah. screwing around on the side mm-hmm. more like that. I've yeah. never been in like a full committed relationship where someone's cheated that I know. I, st- I tend to think I'm the person that wouldn't be able to stay with the person. And again, that's not negative towards you. That shows your strength. Mm-hmm. I agree. Totally. 
I also think the key thing here is that he's working through it with you. Yes. He's going to couples therapy. He's reading books on how to regain trust. If he didn't want to do that and you were forcing him, and maybe you are, so maybe this is something for you to pay attention to. If you are forcing him to do these things, then maybe he's not your guy. If he is like, I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to take accountability. Then I think there's nothing wrong with working through things together. I totally agree with that because it's so rare for for guys especially to want to do something like couples therapy or want to work through a situation. Most guys just like, you know, oh, I guess I got dumped because I cheated. Whatever. I'll move on. Now I'll just like fall down this whatever kind of hole I'm going to yeah. fall down. But um, I I think it's so interesting when people go to couples therapy if they're like not married. I also kind of like it. Like I wish that that would yeah. be a situation that I like maybe had done or have done like in my life. Like it just feels like a lot of the time – I'm trying to say something and maybe it's not coming across the right way or maybe it's taken the wrong way and maybe a mediator like would have helped that situation or maybe if it was just said a little bit differently, it may have been better. Interesting. I also think it's so hard when you're fighting with people like via text message. I think that I am more often than not stuck in a situation where I'm having like a like a little kerfuffle over text and maybe it's I don't think it's that bad, but the person on the other end, their tone could be completely different and I can't totally tell. Yeah. And my tones like I'm very sarcastic normally but if I'm actually mad you can usually tell but sometimes it can like be misinterpreted so I wonder how many situations could be avoided if one like these conversations were just had in person all the time and two if somebody were there to kind of like I don't know like referee it a little bit I think it's taboo because people feel like if you're already having problems before yes. you're even married which is bu- kind why of bullshit. are you together that's yeah. such bullshit it's so hard I, I think that people put so much pressure and i've been thinking about this a lot lately for myself so much pressure on like getting married and not the relationship like they like that yeah, they see it so as like a they see it as like a, a benchmark or a thing that they have to achieve or like a goal in mind like every girl's goal is to get an engagement ring and post on instagram like it's just i and <laughs> i and i love you know i love a flashy engagement ring i love an engagement love marriage love love but i also think that um, people sh- are focusing on the wrong things. Like you should be focusing on on making it the strongest strongest relationship you can have. And if that involves going to couples therapy and working out some shit right at the beginning, which could eventually lead to like a 60-year relationship, mm-hmm. like why the fuck not? Why would you be yeah. embarrassed to do that? I think about – so what I've been thinking about a lot is the fact that people hit a certain age where they feel like the person that they're with is the person they need to marry because mm-hmm. they're at that stage in their life. Yes. So for example, like I'm dating – let's say I'm dating a guy, which I'm not – Let's say I'm dating a guy and I just turned 30. So I'm like, I guess this has to be my husband because I'm ready to get exactly. married. Just because you're with someone when you're the appropriate age, quote mm-hmm. unquote, to get married, doesn't mean that's the person you should be marrying. Completely and I agree. think that's a big thing that I see people do. They're rushing into marriage with the wrong person because society's putting this pressure to get married at a certain age. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's what I said. Like I, I've had friends who who've had their like weddings postponed because of the pandemic and stuff. And obviously the that is like traumatic and awful and whatever. But at the same time, it's like you're not the wedding itself. Yeah, it's a fun party, but it's the marriage that you should be looking yeah. forward to. It's the like that is the meaningful part of it. Like that is like getting your marriage license or like having this reading vows to each other like that kind of thing you can do you don't need to do in front of a million people yes maybe you want to do that just Mm -hmm. to like really really uh, drive the point home but those are things that you can you can do in your own relationship and they can be for you like not everything has to be for everybody else some things can be just for you and your relationship and I think quarantine kind of helped people realize that because they Mm -hmm. had more intimate smaller weddings because they had to cut back and I've heard so many people that have gotten married during the pandemic just kind of talk about how like 
yeah, we had 50 people at our wedding versus 200, but like I wouldn't change a thing. A hundred percent. It yeah. kind of brought it. Friends do the same. Yeah, yeah. It brought it back to the root yeah. of the love versus all this other fluff. Totally of. agree. Totally agree. Like you don't need to invite like your entire sorority from 10 years ago from college. Like yeah. you don't need to, you know what I mean? Like you invite the people that you talk to all the time. You invite the people that know your significant other. Like I always feel so crazy when, uh, I, if I, if I go to a wedding and there are people there that like haven't even met the groom or like they're That's only weird. friends with yeah. the bride or like, you know, whatever. I'm like, why? So why? It's nice that you're here and that you're invited. Like we know each other, but like what? There like, was what no is for you to make this list. Yeah. It's, like you were, you don't need to be on this list at all. No, it's so true. I, I need to like have a episode on weddings one day because yeah. Mackenzie and I actually were talking about this. Like I just have my outlook on weddings has changed so much mine too yeah over like the last like five years I'd say like I just have so many opinions so I'll save them for another day but that was all the questions for today thank you so much Kelly for thank joining you for me. having me this was lovely I love answering questions yeah this is so fun I'll have you back again please do all right guys let's spill the tea so I am standing Jonah Hill this week um he posted an article from the Daily Mail. And by the way, the Daily Mail is the dirtiest media outlet ever. Like they have no boundaries when it comes to celebrities. They'll post them half naked. They stalk them like they are. The the press in the UK does it dirty. So they posted pictures of Jonah Hill surfing with his shirt off in a wetsuit. And the caption, not the caption, the title of the article read, Jonah Hill slips into his black wetsuit for Surf Day in Malibu before showing off his tattoos while going shirtless to towel himself off. So then Jonah Hill posted a screenshot of the article with the headline to his Instagram with this caption. He said, I don't think I ever took my shirt off in a pool until I was in my mid-30s, even in front of family and friends. Probably would have happened sooner if my childhood insecurities weren't exasperated by years of public mockery about my body by press and interviewers. So the idea that the media tries to play me by stalking me while surfing and printing photos like this and it can't phase me anymore is really dope. I'm 37 and finally love and accept myself. This isn't a good for me post and it's definitely not a feel bad for me post. It's for the kids who don't take their shirt off at the pool. Have fun. You're wonderful and awesome and perfect. All my love. How sweet is that? And it's sweet because he's just accepting himself. He's giving other people the chance to accept themselves. And he's kind of just saying F you to the media I just thought that this was such a cool thing for a male to speak out about because we have a lot of women doing it, but we don't have a lot of men doing it. And I think a lot of men are kind of like, they're kind of put on a pedestal for being like the funny fat guy. And it's not really like that for women. We're much more ridiculed. And I just thought that it was cool that he talked about his insecurities and that he was super open. And I just love that he did that. Um, so that's one of the things that I wanted to spill the tea on. So Jonah Hill, I stan. Um, the morning motivation videos on YouTube, I talked to you guys about. So again, that was on my list to spill the tea on. But I will be posting it. Um, I will be posting it on my story. And then the last thing is the show Rain. You could watch it on Netflix. It's spelled R-E-I-G-N, like Rain. It's a royal show, not rain like when it rains outside so basically my friend was telling me that 
after Bridgerton, she wanted something new to watch. So then Netflix recommended Rain to her. So she just like put it on and then she got hooked and sucked in. And I'm really not a big like period piece girl. It was actually even for me to watch Bridgerton was like surprising, um, which I actually wound up really enjoying. So I was like, whatever. She kept begging me. I had nothing to watch. So I started it. And I have to say it's pretty good. It's not the it's not thrilling like I'm used to watching vampire diaries where like someone dies every episode and someone's getting like murdered and you're on the edge of your seat and you're wondering what's going to happen next it's not really like that like it's not I know it's a show but it's not like a page turner (laughs) you know that's not the saying you use for movies but that's what feels right (laughs) or for shows um it's not a page turner but it's also (laughs) just like it's good. Like, it's one of those things where I watch it and I'm like, oh, wow, I can't go home. I can't wait to go home to watch Rain. But I don't even know, like, what's connecting me to it so much. It's like a love story and it's it's definitely is a period piece. There's some drama. There's some – there's a lot of murder because it's like renaissance. Like, people just chopping people's heads off. Um It's cool. Like, it's really interesting. So if you like Bridgerton and you like dramas, I think there's four seasons. It's a show that I would definitely recommend watching. Um, It's I know this is a really weird review of it because I'm like, I don't guys. It's the hate it, but love it theory. (laughs) I was literally going to say that. I'm like, you hate it, but you're going to keep watching it. It is the hate it, but love it theory. Wow. I'm full circle. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It, that's exactly what it is. As I'm navigating my feelings towards it, <laughs> I realize that's exactly what it is. So I don't know. Let me know. Start watching it. Let me know if you love it or you hate it or if you love it as a result of hating it. So that's it for this week. I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in every week. Wow. How many times could I say week? Um, Please do leave a review if you haven't already. It really helps me rate five stars, subscribe, all of the things. 